here we are, rhythms. You guys living in a better rhythm now than you were three weeks ago? Eh, eh, not quite sure. Gotta go back to week one and start over again. I understand, it's all good, it's all good. Today we are wrapping up our series, Rhythms, um, uh, Rearranging Life. Come on, we gotta arrange our life properly. We're gonna be jumping into that in just a moment. But uh, I wanna say a couple of things before we get into today's message. Um, one of which, is, uh, you know, through your faithful giving every single week, we're able as a church to support a plethora of ministries. We're able to continue to advance the kingdom of God locally and globally. And uh, we always like to share a little bit of what we're doing. Um, we, we, we were just talking this past week actually about all the different organizations that we are supporting. And it's really incredible, y'all, what we're able to do from right here at Northwood Church, Gulfport, Mississippi, you know, who we're able to affect uh, not only locally, Right, right, the people that we live right next door to, the people we live in community with, but also the people that are um, all over the nation and even the world, planning churches, helping people who are in poverty, all sorts of different organizations and different things. And so one thing that we help around here, one organization is Gulf Coast Community Ministries, and um, they're doing incredible things right here in Gulfport. And uh, this past week, we were able to help them out and buy them uh, a whole lot of uh, different office furniture for, uh, for what they're doing all sorts of things, filing cabinet, uh, the chairs, rolling carts, uh, batteries, come on, bug spray. Y'all know we need some bug spray in South Mississippi. Last night I walked out my back, on my back porch to go see if the, uh, the bug man did his job a couple of weeks ago. And uh, when I opened up the door, I had a little critter just sitting there waiting for me. So, so we actually priced out some bug spray last night. I don't know what I paid the 160 bucks for though. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we were able to help them with uh, a lot of different supplies, office supplies and, and all of that, you know, all those necessities. Also this past week, um, Hurricane Laura, obviously we all know uh, has hit right at the line there of Louisiana and Texas. And so there's a lot of needs that are, um, that are needed. A lot of people need their needs met. Um, I think if anybody knows what, hurric what hurricanes produce in an area, I think that we understand that well. And so uh, we had a lot of people help us just a few years ago, right? And so we wanna do the same thing and help them out uh, with, with some of their needs. And so um, Hurricane Laura, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna help uh, a foundation, the Giving Back Foundation. They, uh, they have already begun to feed people in the area. And actually they're beginning to, uh, to take more supplies. And actually today, uh, I, I just got this information a few minutes ago, so let me kind of uh, just let you know what's going on. Um, we are going to uh, uh, help to uh, fill a semi-trailer with relief supplies from noon to 4 p.m. today, right next to Dunkin' Donuts, north of Pat Peck Honda on Highway 49 in Gulfport. All right, so there's gonna be a semi-trailer there. You can go purchase supplies. Uh, you, know what, you know what you need whenever everything's devastated, you know, uh, the, you know, canned goods and uh, uh, just basic toiletries and things like that. We wanna help out water, obviously, all of these supplies. Gather together some things and go drop it off there at Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, we're, we wanna help them. We also uh, gave giving back uh, $2,000 to help out in their efforts towards, uh, towards feeding people. And so, uh, so yeah, come on. We wanna to continue to help people wherever they're at. And uh, that's just part of living on the coast, right? We're gonna have, have hurricanes. And, and so we wanna to band together with the body of Christ to help meet people's needs. And so, but anyway, I, I just wanna let you know that I'm just so appreciative of your faithful giving. Honestly, there's not a church on the planet that continues to operate and move and, and the kingdom of God does not move forward without faithful people who, uh, who give faithfully, right? It just don't happen, y'all. And so, uh, so I wanna encourage you to continue to give. Um, you can go to our website, northwood.church slash giving to find out how many, how many different ways you can give. Right now we're giving a little bit differently because of COVID-19, uh, but you can go there and give online and uh, continue to be faithful in that. So with all that being said, here we are, week four, rhythms, wrapping it up. Uh, we've been talking about rhythms and how God has designed us to live in a healthy and intentional rhythm. Okay, we were designed this way. Actually, all of creation was designed this way. Whether it's seasons, whether it's the tide, you know, no matter what it is, uh, we were built for, for rhythms. And whenever we're operating in a good rhythm in our life, we are, uh, we're healthy uh, and we're able to produce more good fruit in our life. And so we wanted to talk about having good rhythms, arranging our life in a way that we can be sustained long-term. Uh, we started out with rest, 
that everything that we do is to start from a restful state. Most of the times what we wanna do is deplete all of our energy and then start doing something. Actually, the Bible sort of says we need to start from a different place. We need to start from a place of rest. Actually, Jewish culture, uh, their day begins, remember, at nightfall. So their days begin with with rest, this mindset of resting first. And so I think it's something that we as a nation could probably use a little bit of, okay? A little bit of rest. We talked about emotional rest and spiritual rest, relational rest. And then after you rest, you begin to sow and not like stitching, like sowing, planting seeds, okay? So we talked about, uh, we've been talking about sort of like gardening and what that looks like. Uh, The Bible talks about sowing seed and reaping a whole lot throughout the Bible. Um, And so we're using that analogy for how we should live our lives. And so we we begin to sow. Uh, Then we have to cultivate. Last week, Pastor Stephen talked about cultivating, just an incredible message if you missed it. If you missed any of these messages, As usual, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen. Uh, One thing about the way that our series kind of work is they sort of stack on one another. And so to go back, whether it's the church podcast or whether it's on YouTube, whatever it is, go and watch those and sort of catch up. Cool thing is this, is that you can watch it like on 1.5, 1.7 and kind of get through that 35, 40 minute message in about 20 minutes flat, right? So um, just a little freebie there, but... uh, Anyway, so uh, we, we talked about cultivating. We have to nurture and protect and fertilize. And then ultimately, whatever we sow and whatever we cultivate, we reap. We reap. We harvest. And that's what we're talking about today. So our main text has been from Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9. And it says this, Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will also from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. And this is where we're gonna, we're gonna kind of camp out today. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. This is where we're at today is, is when am I going to reap? All the, all the good things that I've been doing, when am I gonna reap? And if you've been sowing good things, then you're excited about that process of reaping, right? However, if you you might've been sowing bad things, you're like, I'm cool with that day never coming. (laughs) I'm cool with those seeds just staying in the ground, dying, never producing any fruit because I planted some bad seed. Well, the Bible here says, for in due season. For in due season, well, what does that mean? For in due season. The first question we wanna talk about today is, when is the right time? When is in due season? What, is that, what does that mean? And really this, this phrase, it means in God's timing. In God's timing. Now, this is one of the most difficult things to talk about. God's timing. How many of y'all have ever said the phrase, oh, it'll all happen in God's timing? All right. And for some, that was very encouraging. And you're like, hey, it's God's in control. And, and in other times, you're banging your fist on the table like, God, any time would be great. <laughs> like, like now, let's go, you know? When is God's time? When is the right time? Well, there's a theme in the Bible of this mysterious timing that we re- really don't know about, and it's God's timing. But the thing about God's timing is it's kind of obvious that God knows when his timing is. We just have no clue. So a few scriptures, Psalm 31, 15 says, my time, times are in your hand. My times. That's sort of ambiguous, right? Ecclesiastes 3.1. There is an appointed time for everything. We just talked about Ecclesiastes just a, uh, about a month and a half ago. We were talking about this. Um, and and, and the, there's a time for everything under heaven. What is that time? Huh? Don't know. Isaiah 49.8. Thus says the Lord, in a favorable time, I have answered you. <laughs> Do you feel the frustration just a little bit? Come on. Lord, what does that mean? Favorable time. You know, Acts 1. This is actually Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's been risen from the dead. And he said, they, they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Like you talked about being a king and we've had all these prophecies of what the Messiah was gonna be and the, the, the kingdom that he was gonna establish. So now you're raised from the dead. So, uh, right, we got our swords. <laughs> like, are we gonna establish his kingdom now? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. <laughs> like, that, y'all, you gotta, you gotta picture what's going on to get like the disappointment in that, okay? You gotta understand. They've been following Jesus for three years, right? They, they've been, they know what the Torah says. They know what the old, all the prophecies. They know what all of these, these books, the word of the Lord has said. They, they believe in Jesus as the one, the Messiah, the anointed one. He dies. He comes back from the dead, they, they can't believe it. Everybody's minds are blown. And they're like, here we go. Like, I'm glad that I chose to follow this rabbi. You know, like this is, this is good timing, you know? And then what takes place is he says, yeah, I'm not really sure about that actually. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. It's, it's in God's timing. <laughs> Man, sounds like a lot of our prayers sometimes, Right? Like you're like, it, this would be the perfect time for God to manifest his glory on the face of the planet, right? In my personal life, like, like this would be the time for God to drop about a half a million dollars on top of me. I would give God so much praise. Like, Lord, if you did this for me, I would post it on Facebook at least three times. It would be really, really powerful. So many people would come to know you right? Like coerce God, like kind of manipulate him a little bit, all right? God, can't you see what a great time it would be for all of this to happen? And Jesus is like, I'm not really quite sure. You know, you ever gone on a long trip with your family and uh, you got your kids in the back seat or whatever, or maybe you are that kid. And, um, and you know, you've been on the road for about, I don't know, 25 and a half minutes and uh, you're going to, you know, Wisconsin. And the kids ultimately... Hey, are we there yet? How much longer? And you're like, don't, don't, just don't even say. We went to Panama City Beach a few weeks ago and that happened to us. We're about, I don't know, about 30 minutes in and it's like, so how much longer? We're like, don't, just don't, any, don't ask that again. <laughs> We're those types of parents that's like, no, just no. We're not like, well, if we look at the map, we can kind of see that we've got that, you know, it's so, just, would you like a snack? You know, we're like, no, that, stop, Shh. You know, here's her iPad. Um, (laughs) We'll be there when we get there. Many times Christians sound like little kids in the backseat on the way to Panama City. Lord, is it time now? How much longer? Is this the end times? Is this, Lord, I'm looking to the Eastern sky, Eastern, Eastern sky. Like I'm listening for the trumpet sound. Lord, this is, we're going to write some books about it. I know the Lord spoke to me. He said on this date at this time, nope. his timing. See, we know about our timing. We have expectations. Like I said, we know when the right time would be. I plan to have a certain thing at a certain time. By the age of 32, I will have done this. By the age of 45, I will have this. And by the age of 50, I'm early retired and uh, living in a utopian village somewhere. I don't know. And then stuff happens. What about God's timing? Now, this is something that's difficult for a lot of us to really think about, but I, I think it's important for us to actually think about this. Look back in history, the wonderful things that have happened in history and the things that we don't even wanna talk about that have happened in history. All of those things took place. They were given permission to happen by God. Just chew on that for a second. Was he the author of it? Did he, did he cause it? I don't believe that. But God does allow certain things to take place that we have trouble reconciling because we say he's sovereign, he's good. None of these things could take place. And if it does happen, then it's his fault. And that's just not how the Bible talks about it. It's also not the nature of our God, but I believe that there is a perfect will God has a perfect plan, a perfect purpose. And guess what? What God sets in place, no man can stop. See, that's one part that you've got to understand as Christians in the day and the age that we're living in, is that God has a plan and it doesn't always mean that we're gonna have it just the way that we want it. And it doesn't mean that our nation is always gonna think and act just like we want the nation to think and act. It hasn't happened in history, right? We're just another nation, here we are. 
But all of the things that take place, God has a perfect plan that all of that falls in underneath. He has a permissive will where he allows things to take place that you and I would never allow to take place, right? Because we're perfect. (laughs) It's tough though. And these are things that actually cause a lot of people to, to doubt God. I think some things that take place possibly are the judgment of God. I think we can look in the back of the Bible and see that, that in many times it was, but, but sometimes it was just the product, the result of sin. And God wasn't even anywhere involved in it. It was just the product of sin. And so we wanna like pin responsibility of things and the timing of things on somebody or something or some God. And many times it's just hard to do that. So the next question that we wanna talk about is this. What am I reaping, right? It says in, in due season, in, in due season, which honestly, we just don't know the timing. All right, so I hope that answers your question on that, by the way. <laughs> you don't know. But the next thing is you will reap. Today, all of us in this room are reaping something. We're all reaping something. Good, bad, ugly, it don't matter. We're all reaping something. Whether in this life or the next, we will reap now, currently, we're all reaping what has been sown either by ourselves or by someone else. And I think this is a very important uh, uh, part of the message a couple of weeks ago when we talked about sowing, where, where some people are sowing things that we actually will then be affected by. A lot of times it's, well, I didn't sow that bad seed. I didn't do that. Why am I? But if you look around, you'll see that the sowing of other people affects your harvest, a big point. You're right, you didn't do that. You're right, you didn't sow that, but somebody else did. And it's tough, but it's a reality that we live, we live with. You may be reaping what someone else has sown in regards to a divorce that's taken place. You weren't the instigator of the offense. You actually sowed really good seed into your marriage. And maybe you're in the process right now of reaping a divorce or reaping a broken marriage, or maybe it happened years ago and you still carry the scars of that divorce because you really love your spouse and it was just a terrible situation. You sowed good seed, but they sowed bad seed and now you're reaping the harvest. Maybe you were the instigator though. Maybe you were the one that sowed the bad seed and now they're reaping the harvest that you planted. It could apply to abuse. I think it's one of the most under talked about situations. Stats say that that many of you in this place today have endured some sort of abuse. Physical, emotional, spiritual abuse is something that a lot of people don't really talk much about. Maybe you were in a church and somebody spiritually abused you. They manipulated you and coerced you to do things and be someone that you weren't. And there wasn't a a real relationship, a pure relationship there. It can happen in many different things. And and for some of you, you, you didn't sow those things, but you sure are reaping them. You're reaping them. But maybe you were the one that sowed the seed in somebody else's life. And that you're watching them reap what you sowed into their life. Did you know that's a, that's a tough place to be? Some of you, you, you might find yourself there. And, and the tough part about it is that both routes, but whether you were the, the, the instigator or the one that was instigated against, against both experience shame, guilt, and condemnation. If you, if you were abused, it, it's, a, it's, it's amazing, not in a good sense, that someone who was abused would sense some sort of shame or guilt or condemnation like they did something wrong. They deserved it. But then the, the, the one who, who did the abusing, and we would say rightfully so, feel shame, guilt, and condemnation for what they have done. See, sin, the, the results of sin are very similar either way. The fruit of sin, whether you're the instigator or the one that had it done against you, the results are the same. All of sin, the results of sin, it leads to death. It leads to, to a, an unfruitful life. And I believe that some of you today are gonna get some help and you're, you're actually gonna get some freedom today. I believe that. What, what do I do with what I'm reaping? 
Now, a lot of times when we talk about reaping, we, we really kind of lean towards the negative because guess what? If you're reaping positive things in your life, you're good to go. Things are good, you're excited. But, but it's whenever we begin to reap negative things that that's really, man, we need help in that area. So what do I do if I am reaping negative things? Some of you, you're, you're like the, the beginning of those negative things being reaped. Like you're just now starting to see the effects of it. Just now, and it's, it's starting to become clear. And so you're almost trying to play catch up ball. Like you're like, I, I gotta get out in front of this. Others, it's been decades. And you're like, I thought that it would just go away. I think that's one of the lies the enemy deals to us is that time heals all wounds. And it just doesn't. It does help in certain ways, but typically it's like a broken bone that just kind of heals the way it wants to. It's usually wrong and weak. We need to be healed properly. And you know what? It's painful. I think that's why some people don't actually want to deal with what they're reaping. They'd rather just push it under the rug, let time kind of do what it does, let my perspective just kind of heal and let me just move on. And then 20 years later, they can't take it in the, anymore. Or 20 years later, they realize that every part of their life is affected by what took place 20 years ago. It's what sin does. So what do I do with what I'm reaping? Well, one thing I wanna say that's kind of difficult is that there are some things in our life that we are reaping that it's just got to play out. It's just gotta play out. There's no fixing it. You know what I'm saying? There's no fixing. Like it, 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 the, the, the boulder has begun rolling down the mountain, okay? And it, now it's a landslide and, and it's just got, it's got to play out. There was some cultivating beforehand that should have taken place, but now the harvest is coming and now it's got to play out. And that's tough because we want that, 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 that quick fix, right? We want to be able to control Z, undo, undo, undo. Right, but, but the memory, like you can only undo so many times before it's like, yeah, you should just start a whole new document. I don't, you know, you can only undo so many things before this is sort of where you're at. Some, for some of you, you need to start sowing good seed for the future. That, that is your answer actually, is just to start sowing good seed now. And as I believe uh, Sister Peggy Richards, who used to come here a long time ago and preach, she said, pray for a crop failure right? Come on. Pray to God Almighty that he would just not, like those seeds just won't germinate, right? Like, like the water that has fall, fallen upon it, the cultivating that you've done for years on those bad seeds that for whatever reason, it just won't sprout. <laughs> or if it does, that it doesn't produce any fruit because you don't want none of that fruit, right? But begin to sow good seed, but I wanna give you some practical steps. What do I do with what I'm reaping today? The first thing I wanna give you is this, that you would begin to confess and repent. That you would begin to confess and repent. If you are reaping what you have sown in a negative way, in relationships, in your relationship with God, and in some of the things that you've done, guys, listen, confession is one of the most underutilized things that we have, that God, gifts that God has given us. Confession. And I don't mean sitting in a booth confessing to somebody that you're not looking at and then they give you prayers. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about biblical James type, the book of James chapter two type of confession, like where I am confessing my faults. Now we confess our sin to God for forgiveness and he is faithful and just to forgive, forgive us of our sins. But we confess to people for healing. But the first thing we're cool with, I'm cool with praying in my room by myself where nobody can really hear me. Like, Jesus, you know what I did. You know what I said. I confess it. But there's something powerful whenever you sit across the table from somebody or you sit in small group with somebody and you begin to confess your sin, but also you begin to confess and say what has been done to you. There is great healing that comes through confession. And we gotta learn to embrace confession not to reject it, not to be scared of it, but it's actually something that God has given us, something that he has designed us to do, to offload 
that weight, to offload that shame and that guilt and that condemnation that is just weighing down on your heart. Confession and repentance. To turn, but repent literally means you're walking this way and you turn and you begin to walk this way. You, you think this way and by the, oh, by the Holy Spirit renewing your mind, you turn and you begin to think this way. It's, it's, a, it's a turning, a repenting. And guess what? It, it's not just a one-time thing. Like we live a life of confession and repentance. Yesterday, guess what I was doing in my prayer? I was confessing and repenting before God saying, Lord, these thought processes, these things, they don't align with you. God, forgive me, forgive me. Change the way that I think and feel about those things. Every day, it's nonstop. Why? Because we, our default mode is sin, Right? to see the world through this lens, to see the people that we're around through this lens. And God wants us to see everything through his lens, even the negative things that have been done. Confess them. We need freedom from the past. We need to be healed in order to move forward. We need to be healed from shame and fear. Maybe you're like this, or I'm sure at some point you've talked to somebody who's in this place where they are so gripped by their past that they can't see past it like to a future. And, and anytime you talk to them about, you know, uh, 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 just confidence or, or, or moving forward or, or being secure in who they are in Christ, all roads lead back to that one time that they said or did that, or, or, or all roads lead back to what that person said or did to them. And there's no freedom. The way that I talk about it, it's sort of like trying to live life with a parachute attached to your back. You know, you watch these NFL players or whatever and they're training and they put parachutes on their back and they run with a parachute and that resistance actually strengthens them. But guess what? They don't try to play a game with a parachute on their back. And see, the the parachute on your back, the things that have been done to you or the things that you have done, those things can be used to strengthen you. Like the the trials that we walk through build our faith actually as believers. Did you know that? Like count it all joy whenever you you go through various trials because they actually strengthen your faith as you stand strong in Jesus. That's the mindset. So those things that have been done to you can be a parachute on your back for a season in order to strengthen you. But guess what? You can't live life with a parachute attached to your back. You can't play the game with a parachute attached to your back. It will wear you out. Might not take you out the game completely, but you can't be as effective. And that's where the enemy wants us, y'all. The enemy not always is looking to take us out. He's just looking to slow us down. Looking to keep us on the chair, fruitless as Christians. Coming here each week to hear things, but not actually doing anything with it, right? Like being fruitless Christians, that's where the enemy would like to keep us. We need to be set free so we can sow good seed. For many of us in this room today, watching online, we need restoration in our relationships. You're reaping a bad thing and you need that relationship restored. Did you know that God can restore your relationships? He can. Worst case scenario even. Worst case scenario. I know people today who were married, were unfaithful, divorced, got right with God, came back to him, came back to one another, got married again, and now they're living for God, raising a family uh, in, in the right way. So don't tell me that it's too far gone. Don't, don't, don't tell me it's too far gone. I know it's really bad right now, but I'm just saying, like I know people that it was way too far gone. It was gone. <laughs> it wasn't too far gone, it was gone. And God, by his mercy and grace, changed their hearts and eventually change the result. So, so I'm just saying, keep hope alive in your heart, but you need to be restored in your relationships and Jesus can do that. And it comes through one big word that we talk about a lot, but it is so important, forgiveness. How do I deal with what has been done to me or what I've walked through? Forgiveness. Now today, in our day and age, the word forgiveness is actually being pushed back on because if you forgive too quickly, it almost doesn't 
uh, it's, it cheapens forgiveness, right? And I understand that. I understand how, you know, oh, I forgive you, I forgive you. And, and actually, there's not, there's not a reality to it, right? And it's not actual true forgiveness. I do understand that. However, we can't use that as an excuse to not forgive. The Bible is explicit about talking about how we are to forgive one another. It might be a process, but we cannot just hit pause on forgiveness and walk away and just say, well, at some point I'll feel it. Let me tell you something, guys. If somebody did something wrong to you, more than likely you're not just going to one day wake up and feel like, I think I'll, for, you know, I'm gonna release that person today. <laughs> right? Just the light switch turns on and you're just like, forgiveness. Bitterness seeps in. Bitterness is actually what takes root. And that is a much tougher tree to pull up. So forgiveness is really the only option eventually for the, the offenses that we endure. And that's difficult. I'm not trying to cheapen it. I'm not trying to say, oh, just the light switch and move on. No, but I am saying that that is God's plan for your life is to get to that point where you can truly release that person and the next time you see them and talk to them, you don't wanna kill them. And for some of you, I really actually mean kill them. It's that deep. There's hope, y'all. There's hope. In every broken situation, in the fruit that you're reaping that is either your own doing or someone else's doing, there is hope. You know why? Because the word of God says there is. Romans 8, chapter 28. Now, something's really funny. Yesterday alone on Facebook, the last couple of days, I've seen this scripture quoted by some of you guys in, in the church. And I'm like, we're, we're talking about this Sunday. I think God wants us to hear something in Romans 8, chapter 8, 28. We know that for those who love God, for those who are found in Christ, for those who love God, keep his commandments, who love people, who their faith, their, their life is set on Jesus. All things work together for good. Now, now good, whenever we say that sometimes, what we, what we think of is good now. But we already said in due season, in God's timing, it will be good. It will work out for good, but the process, the timing, we're not sure about. All things will work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The good that he's talking about is the good that glorifies God. The good that advances the purpose of God for you and for those around you. The good that we define sometimes is not exactly how God defines it. And there's tension in that. There's resistance in that. But I can tell you this guys, we have got to learn to trust the process of God. The process of God, you know, I know back in the day in the in Bible times, especially they, they would have these millstones and, and it would roll, one stone would roll on top of another and they would put grain and things there and let that stone just crush it. And, and they would crush it and they would be able to use it for different things, but that crushing was necessary. And the Bible talks about how really we're supposed to, we're gonna have to endure things in our life. And sometimes it's gonna be painful. It's not gonna make sense. But I believe this. I believe that there is a purpose in the pain. I believe that the things that you have gone through in your life, the things that you are going through right now, that there is a purpose to it, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna understand it while it's happening. And the Bible is clear about that. Jesus, are you gonna establish your kingdom today? Are we doing this? Not yet. Jesus, I, okay, so, so this happened five years ago and, and I did some really good things. So like, am I gonna reap that now? Is, is this the time? Not yet. God, that person did that to me 
and now it seems like everything's cool in their life, but I am broken. When are they gonna get theirs? When are they gonna get theirs? They've sown bad seed. When are they gonna get it? Not yet. At the end of the day, all things work together for good for those who are called according to the purpose that God has for them, who love him. It doesn't mean that it's always gonna be perfect, but it does mean that there's always hope. One thing I want you to know today though, is that we can reap the reward of the life that Jesus has sown because he reaped the consequence of the life that we have sown. This is the gospel. Whether, whether you have sown bad seed in this life or not, one thing that we have all sown is seeds of sin. We were born in sin. As humans, we inherited a sin nature. We inherited this brokenness. But the thing about it is, is that we sowed that seed and Jesus reaped the harvest of that seed. He reaped the consequences so that then we could reap what he has sown on the cross, right? He sowed it and then we reap eternal life. The gospel makes no sense to the human mind that we would reap good things whenever we have sown bad things and that Jesus sowing good things would reap the sin of the world. But it was necessary. So for us, how do we draw hope from that? Well, if God himself reaped negative things whenever he sowed good things, even though we may sow good things and reap bad things, we know that there is still hope and purpose and there is something greater than what we experience in, on this earth. There is hope. First Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. I wanna to close today and, and tell you a story. It's actually a story of a lady in our church. And when she was growing up, she was young, 10, 11, 12. She began to experience abuse from her brother and nobody knew, nobody knew the situation, nobody knew what was going on. And she experienced this abuse. And as she grew up, she just began to carry it and, and push it deep down into her heart and her life. And there were so many twists and turns in the story that I'm not gonna get into today, but the power of it is where the story is at now. Her innocence was stolen at a very young age by someone that should have been a very close friend, right? But as she grew, it began to manifest, the pain of that began to manifest in a lot of different areas of her life but Jesus, right? This is what she said in an email about her situation. There's been, there's been so much pain in their family, so, much, so, so many things. And even through all of those emotions and all of those ups and downs, death in the family, uh, uh, lies, um, so many things. She said, I have fought with God through a lot of the emotions because I haven't always clearly understood the purpose of the pain my family has had to undergo. That might sound like some of you. It's been, it, it almost seems like every time that everybody in your family is beginning to get up on their feet, something happens and it cuts everybody's knees out from underneath them. And you're like, why? And it begins to work on you and frustrate you. This is where she's been at for, for decades. Nonetheless, I have strangely come to a greater understanding of the goodness of God through the process. Something I consider a rare blessing, a blessing I could have completely missed out on if the relationship between my brother and I had not been restored. So she sees that the brokenness of the relationship, one of the worst possible situations and the process of God restoring over many, many, many years would have blocked her, would have kept her from seeing the goodness of God through the lens that she's able to see it now. So powerful. 
Because of my personal history, God has allowed me to see that he is always working things for good, even when it appears that there is no hope. He, this in, in caps, he is hope. And I've had many conversations with my brother about how our shared experience has affected him to see things the same way. One thing that she did not know for many years is that her brother himself had endured the same abuse. Even though it sometimes seems that things cannot be fixed, cannot be saved, cannot be restored, God is faithful to remind us that he is a God of restoration. That, his, that is his heart. I believe he offers a glimpse. He offers us glimpses of it on this side if we soften our hearts to his sovereign will. But even if we don't see it on this side of heaven, we can be sure to see it on the other side. I wanted to read those words because this is from someone who has lived one of the worst possible experiences that you can experience in this life being taken advantage of at a young age, lies and, 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 and doubt and fear and shame and all of these things, but yet God. Now it, didn't, it wasn't a one-time thing, years upon years upon years of restoration, but God is able. And in this place today, I want you to know, if you're watching online as well, that God is able to restore the most broken situation in your life. He designed you, he designed you, he knows you and he can restore you. But like she said, we've gotta have soft hearts, a broken and a contrite spirit God does not deny. So today, whether you find yourself in a place where you know that you're apart from God, you're far from him, you don't have a relationship with him, that's your first step today in softening your heart is saying, God, I need you. But for all of us, whether we find ourselves today in a place of maybe it's something that happened years ago or maybe some things are going on right now, we can still come to Jesus and he can restore our hearts. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I know that God is speaking so many things in our hearts right now. There's so many situations that, that you've endured personally. There's so many things that you have done. And right now in this moment, you're just wide open. You say, Lord, I see it so clearly. God, I see so clearly that, that there's things that I have sown and now I'm reaping them. God, I see so clearly Lord, that, that other people have sown things in my life and now I am reaping that. But God, I think we all see so clearly right now, Lord, that you are our hope, that you are our peace, that you are the lifter of our head. And God, we need you. I wanna pray for those right now who are far from God. You don't have a relationship with him. but today you want to have a relationship with him. It's very simple. Sin entered into the equation of this world whenever there was disobedience to God. And because of that disobedience, there had to be a perfect sacrifice to pay the price for that sin. And Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. He came, he lived a perfect life. He died a, a, a terrible death on the cross and was raised again to new life for you in this moment to be able to cast all of your cares upon him, to be able to put, put everything at his feet, your successes and your failures and say, Lord, that apart from you, I am not righteous and I need to be justified. So right now, if that's you, just say this, say, God, I surrender my life to you. All that I am, I need you. I need to be healed. I need to be forgiven. And I receive your salvation. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Restore my relationship with you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet. And as the band begins to play, I, I, wanna, I wanna take some time and I just want us to, to really begin to pray to God and ask for him to heal us. Come on, you can turn it up just a little bit, Tim. I want this to be a, a moment for you to reflect, reflect in on what Jesus has done for you. For some of you, this is gonna be a painful moment where you actually have to come up against those things, to come up against those difficult situations. And, and maybe for some of you right now, you need to ask God to give you the grace and the power to forgive those who have hurt you, to forgive those who misuse you and abuse you. For some of you is to forgive your ex. They hurt you. You didn't deserve what they did to you, but they, but they did it. And it's been actually a barrier between you and God. 
right now just say, Lord, by your grace, I forgive them. I forgive them. God, because you have forgiven me, I forgive them. I don't feel it right now. It doesn't say that what they did was okay. But God, it does say that your grace is sufficient even for their offense. God, I forgive them. For some of you, you need to say, Lord, I open up my heart to you to be healed. God, I have just, I've pushed things under the rug for so long, but God, every time that I think about it, I can't help but weep. Every time that I think about it, I can't help but feel shame and guilt and condemnation. And Lord, I need you to forgive me and to restore me. I open up my heart to you, Jesus. Do a work in me that I can't do. A work in me that nobody else can do for me. God, I need your presence to restore. What the enemy has meant for evil, God has the ability to turn it around and restore it and use it for his good, for your good, for his glory. But you have to open up your heart. You have to cry out to him, say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, open up my spirit to receive your healing, to restore me. You are more than able, Jesus. We repent of those areas in our life, God, where we have allowed sin to creep in, where we have allowed the enemy to have a foothold. Father, we just repent. Would you expose it in our heart? Holy Spirit, search us. Search our mind and our heart, God. part of this song again and whatever areas in your life that you feel are outstanding before God that need his healing and his cleansing just take this time to respond to what it is that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about come on let's sing together Enjoy this message series. 
I know every week in my small group, I, I lead a sermon series small group uh, with my wife, Jessica, and every week it's been like, you know, this has been such a timely, timely message series. And I just hope you've been blessed. And my prayer is that uh, maybe for some of you this morning too, this has uh, jump-started a new road to freedom and hope in your life. Um, man, it's just uh, it's such a powerful thing to know that, that God is with us no matter what. He is the God who redeems, who restores. And I hope you walk out of here. Um, even, if you, even if this message has brought up just heavy things in your life, that you walk out just with a little bit of a lighter step, knowing that God's got you and knowing that uh, not only does God have you, but you have a family here at Northwood Church who wants to come alongside of you. If maybe uh, you're walking through something and you don't have anyone in this church family who you're actively walking through that with. Um, my encouragement too is to reach out to someone, get into a small group. Uh, maybe you're new here and, and, and you don't even know anyone. I wanna make myself available to you. Um, I'm the assistant campus pastor here at the Gulfport campus. And you know, I, I, I love speaking with people every week who are new to Northwood. And actually there's a couple ways that I would like to offer for you to connect with me this week. Um, one is to go to northwood.church slash next steps. There's a little card on there to fill out. Um, fill that out and I'm gonna get that card and reach out to you. Also, uh, this week, uh, we haven't had something like this in a while and there's been nothing in the seat backs, no paper, but this week we got something for you. It's our next steps card. Fill that out. It's really simple. And also, maybe you're not even new to Northwood. You've been around here for a while. On the back of that car, we got something that says, pray for me. Um, some of you guys, you need someone to agree with you in prayer. Fill that out the same way. Um, what we can do this morning is back here at our Next Steps area. There's a blue banner with some lights on in the back. Uh, there's some buckets. You can just drop it in the bucket there. And also, I'm going to uh, try to make my way through the crowd after we release here. And uh, I'm going to be back there as well. So if you're new to Northwood, maybe you just pray that prayer with Pastor Jordan. You've started a new walk with Jesus. I want to meet you. I'll be standing back there. So uh, be sure to come by and say, hey, all right, sound good? Uh, so this Wednesday, guys, this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. What Wednesday, what does that mean? What does that mean? Prayer and worship. Come on. It's going to be an awesome Wednesday. It's our favorite Wednesday of the month. Uh, so if you've never been to one, I highly encourage you, come on out. It's going to be great. Uh, every single month, guys, it's just so encouraging. We get together and we worship and pray. It's super simple. It's just one of the most simple, pure nights, one of those awesome things we do at Northwood Church. So make it out at 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Um, that's all I got for you guys. Have a great rest of your... Actually, you know what? I just forgot something. One piece of cool news. I was just thinking about this. Uh, me and Pastor Jordan are actually, uh, shortly after the service here, we're headed over to some folks' house, um, and we are doing a baptism service for a couple of folks. So um, it's just an awesome celebration. Um, it's going to be a great time. So be looking for that on Facebook. We're going to put the videos up. All right, so be looking for that. And uh, just know that we're still, there's still people taking their next steps. COVID is not holding the church down, all right? There's still people getting to know Jesus, all right? So you all have a great week. We'll see you later.